March Madness is here, and coaches will be asked multiple questions over the next couple of weeks, before the game, after the game, in press conferences, right after the game. The, the, the microphone is put in their face, and they've got important questions, sometimes tough questions, challenging questions. Win or lose, their answers reveal a lot about who they are as a coach, their perspective, their feelings, and I always find it fascinating to hear what these coaches say. Likewise, when we read through the Bible, we'll notice that Jesus asks a lot of questions, and our answers to those questions are very important. Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truths. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson, joined by Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we are unpacking March Madness and specifically the coach and media dynamic. We've got some good thoughts there and how it relates to the questions that Jesus asks his followers and how we can answer those same questions today. Before we jump in, I want to encourage you to check out this year's Unpacking It Bracket Challenge. Yes, compete with us. Fill out your brackets. I've got mine right here. I'll give you a few thoughts on that in a moment. Uh, but we've got a QR code on this video right now. If you're listening to the podcast, there is a link in the show notes. And so click there, go fill out your bracket. And this is actually a fundraiser for Unpacking It. So you get to support Unpacking It by filling out a bracket, donating to the ministry, and you do have a chance to win some really great prizes. So $500 worth of prizes. We'll have multiple winners, and the, the winner will also uh, get interviewed by me as well. So, so that, that should be fun at the end of the tournament. We'll, we'll hear your insights or strategies for filling out your bracket. So uh, that's been fun over the years, and encourage you to check out the link and the QR code, fill out your brackets today. We're coming to you on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks to all of you that continue to listen to our show. We appreciate the feedback. Love hearing from you. Bryce at unpackingit.com is my email and, and greatly appreciate uh, just your support of this show and, and your encouragement and ideas and, and all of that. Also want to thank our sponsor, Sugar Creek Coffee, sugarcreekcoffee.com. Be sure to use the promo code unpack when you order and you'll save some money on your order and i have just enjoyed my sugar creek coffee it is delicious it's so drinkable it's so flavorful uh they specialize in handcrafted small batch artesian roasted coffee and they don't roast until you actually place an order and so you can be assured that the freshest roasted coffee is delivered to your door it's sugarcreekcoffee.com use the promo code unpack. All right. So today's show, we'll, we'll take a, a look at questions in college basketball, 
how that relates to the Bible and our own lives. We do this sort of thing here on this podcast. We also do it through our devotionals that, that go out Monday, Wednesday, Friday through email, also posted on our website, unpackingit.com, but you can subscribe to receive our devotionals in your email inbox uh, for free. So go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe uh, to sign up there. Uh, we're also on the Bible app, and so we've got multiple, multiple reading plans, usually five-day reading plans uh, that, that have a lot of different topics, sports-related or you know uh, just topics in, in the Bible and life and uh, different ways to, to take a look at, uh, really different ways we've combined devotionals together. Uh, we've got March Madness devotionals on the Bible app. Just search Unpacking It, and, and you'll find them on the Bible app. So, Luke, it is March Madness. We are psyched. We love basketball. You are a Kansas Jayhawks fan. Your team is the reigning champs. They're a number one seed, but you are repping your alma mater today, <laughs> Texas A&M. Are they going to make a deep run this year? Ooh, well, let me get this. Let me I'd say get this out of the way. I want to start with this. I want to shout out my wife, Madeline. Today is our two-year anniversary, 314 Pi Day. Uh, we just had a great trip to the mountains to see some friends. And so, Madeline, I love you. Congrats. So, just wanted to, to, wanted to say that two years in the books, very surreal. Um, so, March Madness. I've been telling everyone, I just feel different this time of year. Hmm. It's my favorite sporting event. I am so happy. I just can't get enough. One of my uh, good buddies who's a, a loyal listener, shout out to Will. Uh, we have been texting back and forth so much. Our initial thoughts on the bracket, go, doing a deep dive, getting really just way too into it compared to, to most people, and we just love it. But don't make it, don't uh, don't apologize. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. that's I'm right fair. there with you. Had to, had to rock the A and M shirt today though because my Aggies. Maybe this is just a homer take, but felt very disrespected getting a seven seed, runner up in the SEC regular season and runner up in the SEC tournament. Seven seed. Doesn't and seem right. Power five? I don't understand. So. I, I filled out my bracket before the show, and you will be pleased to know that I put Texas A&M in the Elite Eight. <laughs> the Elite Eight. So I am on the bandwagon with you. You know I don't like Texas A&M football, but Texas A&M basketball, Buzz Williams, oh, I am on the bandwagon. So let, let's go. Built, built for tournament basketball. Very it's it's a it's a low ceiling, but the high a very high floor. Free throws and defense that that travels. Let's go energy and and yeah, I love watching Buzz. We're going to talk about yep. coaches here on the show today. Buzz Williams, one of my favorite coaches to watch on the sideline. It's fantastic. Yes, but, and I I I do want to say one thing to return the favor. I've got your Dukies in the Final Four at the moment. You better everybody better. Yeah, this team they, is locked and loaded. Purdue at the one seed when they saw Duke was in their quad, oh, they must have been terrified. I, it, and also, I'm not a big, like, blame the seeds guy, whatever. Duke has a five. Give me a break. It doesn't matter. Duke's not afraid of anybody. I'm not afraid of anybody for them. They are, they've got the complete team. They've got everything they need to, to make a deep run. Of course, the madness of March, anything can happen. Duke can lose first round, which we've seen plenty of times as well. Uh, but I love their, I love the way that they are playing. This is one of my favorite Duke teams, actually, since the last championship team. Since 2011, this is my favorite team. Just the, the way they play, how humble they are, likable players. So I've got Duke winning the whole thing. I don't have Duke winning at all every year. I don't, 
But when I feel like they have a chance and it's close, I'm going to put them all the way. And so I did that this year uh, for Duke. Uh, and I actually don't love my bracket, but hey, who does? It's a wild year in college <laughs> basketball like it's been in recent years. It's kind of flipped upside down. Uh, but I love March Madness. And believe it or not, I'm, I'm doubling, maybe tripling down on Gonzaga. I, I've picked them multiple years in a row and they've let me down. I'm going back to the well. I've got them back in the national championship game. Wow. So, <laughs> well, this year silly, it's, it's, it's different. silly, but they're under the radar. This year it's different because they're coming in as a quiet team. Quiet. Very underrated, kind of a sleeper pick, still at the three seed, which is very interesting. So this year, I, I may say this every year. So if, if you know me and I say this every year, call me on it. I don't know where the upsets are. I, mm. I don't know where they are. Like, yeah, sure, the, there's going to be a 12-5, but the really big crazy upsets or the deep run team like if oral roberts was matched up against anyone but duke in the first round i'd have him go deep because they're yep. really good but yep. they're not going to be duke i know they're not going to be duke I, i'll be very surprised and disappointed of course but uh yeah i would have liked to have i would have liked to have picked oral roberts yeah in another matchup same with grand canyon my boy bryce drew that's right they're going up against gonzaga so yeah. I, you know, so if, if Grand Canyon pulled the upset, I'll be thrilled. It'd be great to throw my bracket away in the first round, but that's okay. That's that's part of the <laughs> part of the fun. The one I'll just say this: my one upset pick, Montana State. So I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. I've got them going to the Sweet 16. Their coach played at Montana State. They haven't been to the the tournament often. I think this is their third time, but he's been a part of it all three times. And uh, so I'll go. I'll go Montana State. The random, mm. the random team out of nowhere. That will shock everybody. How about that? Man. So it it's it's gonna be fun. Who's your national champion? Uh, gosh. Well, I, so I'm still doing some research. Uh, Kansas is kind of a a placeholder right now, but Alabama's road to the Final Four in national championship game so easy looks so easy, and they're they're objectively a top five team in the country. So I I. I Outside of Kansas, I want to say Bama. They just their road there just doesn't look challenging. Seems like the easiest lock for the Final Four. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. All right, so I also I've got Miami in the Final Four too. So I like I like how well they play together. Wow. I, I, team I ACC team. over here, shocker. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, today's topic, though, here on the show, we have, we have a little fun. You know, March Madness. Got to get our brackets out there, and, and hopefully, you'll go fill yours out and be a part of the unpacking it. Uh, challenge, and maybe you just listen to me talk about my bracket, and you think, "Well, I can at least beat Bryce." Well, that's fine. Go put it up, put it down on paper. Support the ministry, and, and we appreciate it. But what one of the things that I've noticed over the years, watched a lot of college basketball, is the coaches' interviews throughout the tournament. For me, some of these are new coaches, you know, teams that are on the scene for the first time. Uh, I think about uh, Shaheem Holloway from last year, no Saint doubt. Peter's. Yeah, we got to get to know him. And we, we got to know him in a lot of interviews and post-game interviews and, and pre-game interviews and all that kind of thing. And throughout the tournament, reporters are asking sometimes easy questions, but oftentimes tough questions, especially to coaches after they lose, especially when, you know, the Kentuckys of the world get upset early and John Calipari has to answer yeah. tough questions. They're sitting in press conferences. They're, they're, they're you know, the, the, po the, the awkward out of the locker room, uh, post-game interviews with Tracy Wolfson. Uh, those are always always classics. But but I always, as a fan, I actually listen to the answers. I listen to how they answer them, what they say, and to me, it reveals a little bit about their character, 
you know, how they respond to losses, even how they respond to, to victories and the credit, where they where they put the credit and all that, all those sort of things. If you actually listen, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Even in the non-answers, I find that that they reveal something uh, about them. No doubt. One of my favorite coaching answers from last year was after Kansas won the national championship over UNC, Bill Self, uh, I, I don't remember which interview this was, but he came out and said, Basically, how did you motivate your team? What did you say at halftime in the locker room? And he told them, he said, hey, guys, would you rather be down nine with two minutes or down 15 with 20 minutes? Mm. Because in 2008 National Championship game against Calipari's Memphis team with Derrick Rose, Kansas was down nine with two minutes left and came back, to, came back and won. And when Bill Self said he said that, the players instantly doubled their confidence. Hmm. We can do. We can come back down fifteen with twenty minutes. That's you can right. do nine and two. So that answer to see that aspect of what's a coach saying in the locker room? How do you address the 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 psychological, the confidence? Those kind of answers and how to motivate a team are really interesting to me. That's cool, a- absolutely. Because I I love to hear yeah some of the philosophy, some of the you know the the strategies that they're that they're implementing, and 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 also. From a as a as a broadcaster, I love hearing the questions sometimes too. Like yeah. the, some are great, some are terrible, oh. some are in between. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's funny. And then just on a on a slight side note, I also really respect coaches. I think I say this every year: the the coaches that actually listen and allow the reporter to finish the question, and then give thoughtful answers versus just blowing them off. Mm-hmm. The, the whole Greg Popovich, you know. <laughs> movement and people that follow his lead not a fan of but people that are respectful and and I especially think that's really wise for new coaches and unproven coaches you you have you have no excuse you better be kind you better give good answers I've loved John Shire's approach I'm thankful that he's been very kind I've, I've listened to his interviews and and he's been you know just to me respectful but yeah. when I see a coach out of nowhere who's like blowing off the, hey, forget about it. I'm not giving you a good answer, dude. You haven't won anything. Yeah. Timeout. You're definitely you're not Greg Popovich for one, so you better stop. But yeah, just from a decency standpoint, I always, I just appreciate it in a well, big from, way. Because what the media thinks of you is important, and they can kind of dictate and yes. and tell us fans how to how to think about you. Yes. And if you're earlier in your career and you're just, oh, I don't have time for interviews. Oh, you do have time, and you better make time. <laughs> you better. Because this is really important stuff. Yeah. And even the Popoviches of the world, it's like, yeah, like you got to do better than that. Now, him and Craig Sager, that that was, that was kind funny. of an iconic. That was funny. But for him to give the Craig Sager treatment to everyone, nah. I just don't know. Now, be, be kind to these, these reporters. They're there trying to work. They're trying to give us fans at home who are watching and sitting through all the commercials yeah. – to, to, to make this tournament happen for you yes. to make your $5 million a year as a coach. Yes. So and do, I've do the 30 asked, second interview. You and I have both asked questions. Now when I was in college and I was doing it, asking coaches questions after games, terrifying, intimidating. I remember asking Tom Crean a question when he was at Georgia. <laughs> I thought he was looking through my heart and my soul. Oh. No, I mean, he was very intimidating. Thankfully gave a great answer. I thought nice. I asked a good question, but it's all about the, the question. It's all about the question. It's all about the question. So today here on the show, we're actually going to parallel this to the questions that are found in Scripture, in the Bible, and, and specifically the questions 
that that Jesus asks. And in doing some research, over 300 questions, sometimes there are multiple questions sort of in the same uh, conversation, but, but Jesus asks his disciples questions as he's, you know, doing his earthly ministry and engaging with disciples, followers, you know, people, questions was, was just a style that Jesus, or a, a, an approach, a ministry approach, and just sort of how he got people to think and, and, and really to, for many ways, to look inward and figure out, okay, wait, what is my answer? And, and I believe, you know, these questions are, are worth us thinking about, praying through, answering in, in our own lives. And, and so I want to look at three today, three different questions that Jesus asks that, that I think are, are very important as we you know, think about March Madness, think about the questions that are being asked coaches. These are the questions for, for us to have answers to. And so we go to Matthew 16, and Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, Others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he, Jesus, asked them, but who do you say I am? And, and so there's no question that that, that, that that question has a lot of weight to it. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you say that I am? That's Jesus. Who do you say that I am? And, and so Peter, he answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and so I remember growing up, hearing this question a, a lot. If I was at camp and, and that sort of thing, and you know, mm-hmm. who do you say Jesus is? And, and oftentimes it gets broken down into liar, lunatic, or Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how we respond to this question is, is crucial. And, and ultimately, you know, do we respond to say that he is the Savior? He is you know, the Messiah, the, the one that, that God sent, God's only son that came to earth to, to die on the cross for you and I so that we didn't have to die, that we can live eternally uh, with him. And so do we actually say that Jesus is who he says he is? Mm-hmm. And that's an important question. It's an important it's answer a for us. Very important answer and question. To, we have to get it right. If, if, we, if we have the wrong Jesus, that's not a Jesus that can save. Mm. Now, and what do you mean by that, the wrong Jesus? So for, for new believers, this isn't saying that you better have all of your theology about Jesus buttoned up. No. There's, there's plenty of things that are secondary that you come to an understanding as you continue to mature in your faith. But especially for, for new believers, certainly, do you believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose from the dead for you? That's very important. Um, and especially as we grow in our faith— if if we believe if we don't believe in key things about Jesus, then that's not the Jesus that Jesus said he was, and it's not the Jesus that Scripture has said. Mm. Scripture is clear: Jesus is God. Scripture is clear: Jesus never sinned. Scripture is clear that he died for us in our place, and he rose from the dead. Like, these are we have to believe these things because mm. other religions believe in Jesus. In Islam, Jesus Good. is a very important prophet. Mormonism, Jesus uh, is, they say all the same phrases, Jesus, oh yeah, Jesus is our Savior, but it's a very different Jesus, very, very different in their faith. Jehovah's Witness, there's so many religions, and even uh, non-religious people, oh, Jesus was a good man. There's still an element of like... Good leader, good teacher. Exactly. 
we have to believe in the Jesus that Scripture has revealed. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's that, that's challenging, and and I think for each of us, you know, day in day out, if we really, if if Jesus is, if we say Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life, well, then that's going to dictate how we live our life, and and are we going to follow Him today? And do we believe when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, nobody comes to the Father except through me, which points to him being the only way to God, to be made right with God is through him and through his death and resurrection and, and our, you know, placing our faith in him, um, then then that that changes our perspective on everything. That he's he's the way. He's not just he's not a way. Yeah. He's the way. Mm-hmm. And 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 so Again, going back to that that question, who do you say Jesus is? Um, so we got we got to think about that for for each of us, and 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 we, it's not who our parents say Jesus is, who the pastor says Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Who do who do we say? So Jesus looks at Peter and says, "Who do you say that I am?" That doesn't matter about everybody else. Who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 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 critical as well. All right, the second question to to consider today is: Do we believe in His power? And, and so we go to, to Matthew chapter 9, and there, there are two blind men. They desire to be healed. And in verses 28 through 30, uh, this is the scene. Uh, when Jesus went into the, the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe, in the Amplified it says, with a deep abiding trust that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. And their eyes were opened. And so that that question in there, do you believe that I am able to do this? And we talked a couple weeks ago about prayer and how confident we are when going to God in prayer. Uh, Do we expect him to to hear us and answer us? And and along those same, same lines, do we believe that, that he he can, that he's able to, to heal, to restore, to, to redeem, to, to work in our lives, to, to transform us. Do we believe in that power, that the power of Jesus, uh, that, he, that he is God, that, that he is all-powerful? Mm-hmm. Um, do we believe that? Yeah, and to what you said earlier, to the earlier question is uh, living a life following Jesus— a, a key aspect of that is believing in the power of Jesus. Because I, I think the longer we follow Jesus, hopefully by God's grace, we continue to gain a greater understanding about our weakness, which means we have to rely on the power of Jesus even more mm. in order to keep following him, in order to stay faithful, in order to endure difficult seasons and trials in order to have wisdom to navigate certain situations, how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to be a co-worker in various environments. Believing and trusting in the power of Jesus to help us do those things is extremely significant and important. Yes, and it puts us in in our proper place, too, that, like, I'm not all-powerful. Yeah. Jesus is, uh, you know, I, I can't do this, but Jesus can. And, and I, I, you know, it's out of my abilities. And so it just points to his, his power. His, yep. his, and, his and it starts with his power to save. Is. Like us saying, I can't do this, but Jesus can, should be founded on, 
originally I can't save myself, but Jesus right. can. That's right. I could have never saved myself, but Jesus in my place can, and he did. Mm. Therefore, of course I can trust him to do these other things. He's, the, he's already done the most important thing, which is saving me. Mm. Amen. So the question, do you believe that I am able to do this? And I think our answer to that as well is sometimes revealed in whether or not we're filled with worry and fear and and those types of emotions, because if that's the case, well, then do we really believe in his power? Do we really believe that he's able to do that? Because if we've placed our, our you know, we've, our, our, our concerns and, and things that we're going through, our challenges and the, the, the spots in our lives that, that need healing, do we trust that he's able to do that? And if we do, it lifts our, it lifts our worry and, and our mm-hmm. uh, fear. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. The, the third question in, in this is found in Luke 6:46. Jesus asks, "So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say?" And this is this is a challenging one. This is this is for all of us to consider today. Um, and so he goes on to compare the difference between someone who listens to his teaching, then follows it, versus the person who hears it and then doesn't obey. And it's you know compared to the person that builds a house on a solid rock foundation versus a person that, that builds a house with no foundation, just right on the ground. Um, and so when things happen, the firm foundation is able to remain standing, the, the one without a foundation, not so much. And so for us, do we hear his teaching? Do we read God's word, understand what, what Jesus actually teaches, and then do we actually obey it? And do we live that out? Mm. Or do we just hear it? We go, to, we go to church on Sunday, we hear it. Oh, that sounds nice. Leave the door, forget about it. We don't contemplate it. We don't place it in our heart and, and you know, reflect back on it and go back to it. Um, and so Jesus' question, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And, and so you know, I, I think the important thing is for that question to lead us to repentance and lead us to that desire to obey and, and to know that building our life on Jesus is the answer. And that's the firm foundation we need. So as we're talking about all these questions, the answer is Jesus, right? So the answer is Jesus and, and building our lives on that found, on him as our foundation. He is the ultimate foundation so that we can withstand everything that comes our way in life because he is our strength. He is our power. He is what we've, we've built everything on. Our, our, our hope, our trust is, is built in him, on him. Um, yeah, and this is, it is convicting because it, it gets in the conversation of there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. Mm. And knowing Jesus, knowing about Jesus. That's, that's, a, that's a big difference because one of them does, is, does not save one of them is not a follower of Jesus, and one of them is. Plenty of people know about Jesus. I mean, think of even when we read in the book of James, like even the devils, the devil, Satan and his uh, demons know Jesus is Lord. Of course they do, intellectually. They see it, but they have not surrendered. That Jesus is not Lord over their lives. Mm. So for us, when Jesus is Lord over our lives, when there's a submission there, uh, of course, not perfect. We're not chasing perfection, 
But we have to be cognizant of, do we just know about him? Do we have some information to your point? Do we, do we, have we heard some sermons, but, and not done anything about it? Or man, do we know about him, but also we are knowing him in fellowship, in surrender, in submission. These questions are extremely important to have answers to and need to be answered for us to have any idea of what our future is and what our outlook on life and what we can expect. Man, am I united in Christ or am I not? We better have an answer to that. And am I doing what he says? Yeah. Or, or am I going, eh, that sounds nice, but I'm going to keep doing my own thing. Um, I, uh, no, I don't really like that. I'm gonna, I, like, I like my way yeah. better. We're just kind of picking and choosing. Ah, I like that thing, but this yeah. area of my life over here, nah, I think I'm fine. Ah, man, I just... That's not the way, that's not the call of Christ for our lives. That's right. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Um, that's a, that's a, that's a, whew, that's a, that's a, that's a hit, that hits you, hits you right there. That's a good, good question from Jesus. <laughs> um, so, so as we looked at all three of these, you know, questions and, and for each of us, what, what are our answers and, and, and how do we, how do we receive these, these questions? How do we read these questions uh, when we go through scripture? Um, and, and how can we continue to sort of, you know, go back to them and say, all right, who do I say Jesus is? I say he's the Lord and savior of my life. So does my life reflect that? Does my heart reflect that? Um, and, and doing, you know, some work with the Lord in that. Um, and, and some of these, some of the, I imagine one of these questions may be more challenging than the other to, to some of us, um, and to, to spend some time, you know, wrestling with that a, a little bit, I think is, uh, is important for us to do. Yeah. Any any last thoughts, Luke? Yeah, I think um, I, I I say this probably most episodes, but it's important on some of these questions we may not have answers for for some for some of those listening right now. You may not have answers to these questions for your own life. Man, I don't know what I think about Jesus. Mm. I'm not sure. I don't know if I do. I know him or do I just know about him? Am I really obeying? Like these are important questions, but you may not have answers to them yet which is a great thing to realize, but what's the next step? You know, I think of a, another analogy. Um, a lot of coaches, when they come out of a bad loss, and these reporters, hey, what happened? A lot of the answer is, man, I have no idea, but I'm going to go look at the film. I got to mm. go look at the film, figure out how did we just get blown out? How did mm. we just lose this game? Well, film study in our own lives starts with looking at God's word. Man, I don't know the answer to this question. What do I think about Jesus? I don't know. The starting place is, go read God's Word. What does God's Word say about Jesus? Are you obeying Jesus? Man, I don't know. What, what about my life is disobedient? Starting God's Word. What does God's Word say about what it means to obey Jesus? Mm. We've got to look at the film, which primarily is, to examining our own lives, but in light of what God has revealed in Scripture. We've got, to do, we've got to do some film study. I like that. That's awesome. Well, that's a good good way to end, and, and I'll, I'll share this encouragement too as we as we wrap up. Uh, you know, I hope that as we think about those questions, we can all confidently answer that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. That's who we say He is, and it's He's who we love, and we believe He's able to do anything. We believe in His power, and we follow His teaching and obey His teaching, and to the you know to. That's what we're striving after. That's what we're desiring. And with his strength, with his, with the Holy Spirit within us, leading and guiding us, that that's the, the path that we continue to, to follow. Uh, and so I uh, hope that you'll consider these questions today and, and consider your own answers and 
and, and a good word from Luke about kind of the film study, getting into scripture to, to really uh, yeah. study, study the answers. Even looking at, okay, what was Peter's answer to Jesus's question of who do you say that I am? Um, and so how does that compare to, to what, we, what we would say? Now, I want to add a quick clarification, something I said earlier about getting things wrong about Jesus means that's a Jesus that can't save. Not a comment on Jesus' inability to save, but when we get things wrong about Jesus, then he just becomes this made-up Jesus in our own mind who isn't the Jesus who's been revealed. Because then, it, then it's the same thing of creating God in our own mind, how we want him to be. Mm. That's, that's not God at all. Then it's just made up. So if we believe in a Jesus who's not revealed in Scripture, that's not a real Jesus. Therefore, he can't save. Mm. It's good, good clarification. Yeah, it matters, and that's why God's given us His His Word as that's that's part of our foundation as well. Jesus is the foundation, and God's Word gives us that foundation for understanding who who the real Jesus is, mm-hmm. the one that saves, the Lord of our lives, as we surrender to Him and 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 follow Him daily. So good stuff, man. Awesome uh, to talk March Madness and 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 to bring it to uh, to that's the right. Bible and God's Word. So rock chalk. Uh, Gig them. There you go. You get, two, you get two two teams to root for. So enjoy it. I'll be pulling hard for uh, for Duke for sure. I love this team. I think they got a great chance. John Shire's first year. It's going to be fun. So uh, encourage everybody to go fill out your bracket. Check out the QR code up on the uh, the video that you're watching right now or the, the link in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. And we appreciate the support. Donate, compete, have some fun with the Unpacking It community this March. We will talk to you, Lord willing, next week, and we'll we'll most likely have another March Madness topic. The next few weeks, we'll be talking March Madness here on the podcast. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the madness. Rip up your bracket once the upsets start happening and just enjoy it. Enjoy the madness. Talk to you soon. I'm Bryce. This is the Unpacking It Podcast.